0: Hi, this is Bruce Bartschleitner, and you're listening to Then Is Now Podcast.
1: Rise and shine, my sinners. When Father
0: Evil starts his day,
1: he gets a little deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee has the richest,
2: smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere. It's sinfully delicious.
1: Once you go deadly, you never go back.
0: Order yours at getdeadly.com. Coffee's so good... (laughs) It's scary. Warning!
2: Warning! Today's episode contains... Spoilers. SPOILERS! So if you have not seen the movie or TV show that we are talking about, we highly recommend that you watch it first, then listen to this episode. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Welcome to 13 Days of Hallowtober. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hello and welcome to this special episode of Then Is Now Podcast. I am your host, Rigor, and I am joined by my frequent guest co-host, Spency. Spencey, my son, as he wants you to know. How you doing, Spence? Hello. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And joining us today also is my regular co-host on the East Meets the West, a man who's recently won an auction for an autographed Joe Namath netted slingshot brief, Patsy the Angry Nerd. What's going on, Yeah, it was,
1: uh, it was tough outbidding uh, Joe Namath himself, but <laughs> I was able
2: to do it. <laughs> I heard he really didn't want to have to give up that prized piece of, uh, of authenticity or whatever you call it.
1: No, but I, it's definitely a, a memorabilia piece that uh, other people would not have in their collection. Right. You know, some people are like, oh, I've got a signed helmet. I'm like, that's his song. I'm like, oh, how do you know it's authentic? I'm like, get a little closer and you'll get a whiff of it.
2: Oh. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So we are continuing our yearly event called 13 Days of Hallow-tober. Our theme this year is modern zombie films. And what that means is they're films that were inspired by George Romero's Night of the Living Dead in 1968, which not only set up the rules for modern zombies, but it's had a lasting effect on horror filmmaking and horror media for over 50 years. Today we are going to do something a little different, rather than cover a particular film, We're going to delve into the realm of zombie video games. So if you are an aficionado of modern zombie video games, or much like myself, know almost next to nothing about them, then you are in for a real treat and what promises to be a lively discussion. Class is in session.
0: Long ago, a young girl went with her mother to pick berries for her father, who was hard at work. But the forest greeted them with a dark, cold silence, the bushes empty. Yet determined to find the berries, the rascal broke free of Mother's grasp and vanished into the trees. Mother's worried cries faded fast as the girl ran on, over vine, under branch, and into the forest deep. What is it with that creepy story? It's just a local tale. You're really into that stuff? Quit being so paranoid. No, no! Friendly! Friendly! Who are you? Who sent you? They're coming. Who is? Sorry, Ethan. Why? PlayStation.
2: Okay, before we dive into it, let me just give the nice folks at home a brief history of zombies and video games. Quicksilver's Zombie Zombie, released on the ZX Spectrum in 1984, is credited with being the first video game to feature zombies. Other titles like Entombed in 1982, The Evil Dead in 84, Realm of Impossibility, Ghosts and Goblins in 85, I think those were both in 85, and Zombie in 86 all featured the undead in some form or the other as well. Now, Ghosts and Goblins achieved cult status more for its insane difficulty and fun side-scrolling action than zombies. In 1989, Capcom created Sweet Home for a platform called the family home computer where players would explore an abandoned mansion and attempt to solve its mysteries zombies and ghosts roam the hallways you know it's funny as I, as i'm going over this history that reminds me there's a uh, korean zombie tv show on netflix right now called sweet home that i was hoping to cover for this uh, series but we didn't get a chance to anyways doom is infamous at this point for its litany of monsters demons and undead zombies ate my neighbors went more B-movie with its top-down shooting in 1993. A game called Alone in the Dark actually innovated on the 3D characters in a pre-rendered background space, while introducing gamers to paranormal mysteries in the occult. Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge, in 1991, featured its primary antagonist returning as a zombie. But Capcom's Resident Evil in 1996 gave birth to the third-person survival horror genre that we know today. Not only did it force players into complex puzzles and careful observation, but its zombies were threats that facilitated running away, conserving ammo, and fighting when no other choice was available. It was new and different, even though the story, voice acting, and graphics weren't probably all that great. Now, Sega's House of the Dead went the other direction in 1997, incorporating virtual shooting mechanics by way of a plastic gun that players actually aimed in the arcade. Similar to Duck Hunt, but with nonstop action and fast shooting, which ended up kick an entire generation of light gun games. The success of Resident Evil prompted the development of sequels including the critically acclaimed Resident Evil 2 in 1998. Other developers were hopping on the bandwagon at this point. Blood in 97 and Carn Evil in 98 both introduced scary worlds that involved the undead. Medieval in 1998 was a game where you played as a recently resurrected knight out to redeem himself. Other games such as Nightmare Creatures, Shadow Man, The House of the Dead 2, and whatnot continued the trend well into the 21st century while the appeal of zombies started to go away even though capcom managed a short revival with resident evil 4 zombie titles like warcraft 3 dead rising dead space siren and others remain popular call of duty world at war 2008 was an unbelievable success when it first introduced zombie mode into its into the franchise resulting in a storyline that concluded in call of duty black ops 3 There's so many other games that are going strong, and we're going to talk about all of them today. So, guys, let's get started. Uh, Let's go around the room and see where it all started for you and and what got you into zombie games.
1: Pat? Well, for me, the the first thing was I never had any of the, uh, like, high-end systems, you know, right when they came out. So I got my first PlayStation. I ended up with the PlayStation 2, you know, years after they, like kind of shrunk it down and made it, you know, smaller and a little more compact. So I have that one. I still have it, too. But, like, I didn't get it right when it came out. You know, same with, uh... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, PlayStation 2. Uh, same with uh, PlayStation 3. I didn't get one of those right away. It took a while. You know, same with PlayStation 4. So my introduction, you know, was Resident Evil 3. I never really played one or two uh, until years later, but my brother had a PS2, and so I, I had borrowed... Resident Evil 3 from somebody. (laughs) I had no idea what it was about, but I had heard good things about Resident Evil 1 and 2, so I was like, oh, let me try this, and uh, it was pants-shittingly good. Um, I enjoyed that game so much, um, because I was so uh, unaccustomed to having, like, an not so much open world, but, like, a much larger world. I was still fairly used to, like, side-scrolling and, you know, games like Mega Man, even, you know, into you know, the mid-1990s, or as some people refer to them, the late
0: 1900s.
1: (laughs) Even up to that point, like, I was still used to, like, those types of games because I never really, you know, played anything else because I never had the systems. So, yeah, Resident Evil 3 for me, like, getting the chance to, like, walk around and, like, have different options to where you could go. Like, you know, do I want to go around this corner? Oh, this door is locked. Well, let me try going over here oh this door is locked too but it says I need a key for it which makes me think there's a key somewhere around here so let me explore you know and not knowing how the game plays it's like oh I have a shotgun oh I only have a couple of shotgun shells I should probably conserve this oh crap zombies bam bam (laughs) oh no I'm out of ammo all I have left is some floss and a toothpick so that was my introduction and that actually really made me uh kind of fall in love with the genre and I have replayed uh Resident Evil 4 more times than I could possibly count. But I'm such a huge fan of that series and you know the lore and the mythology that goes along with it, even though they sort of switched it up a little bit for Resident Evil 7, which we'll talk about I'm sure. <laughs> but there was there are some interesting choices made throughout the uh history of the franchise. And this is the one that I am most knowledgeable about. So this is the one I'll probably be talking about the most. But I've played some of the other ones. I've played House of the Dead in the in the arcade. Oh, yeah. I remember that. You know, I've played uh, Dead Island, Dead Rising. Dead Rising is a lot of fun, too. But, yeah, that's where it all started for me. Resident Evil 3 on uh, PlayStation 2. Nice. Spency?
3: Uh, I can attest to the Resident Evil franchise, but I did get into those a lot later, personally. The... I mean, I grew up understanding the concept of zombies. I mean, I have, I have Rigor <laughs> as my father, so of course I know everything there is to know about the horror genre. But um, my first video game zombies encounter, I actually had Call of Duty World at War on the Nintendo DS, which utilized, it's a mo- you know, a mobile game console that had the touch screen on the bottom, so I would use the little stylus to aim my character. It was a first-person shooter, yet I would still press one button to shoot and aim with the um, screen, and I was so afraid of the zombies that when I loaded into the zombies game mode in Call of Duty World at War, I I didn't see a single zombie. I quit because the sound scared me enough. (laughs) I never got to play one, and then when I first really got, uh, I I I was also scared of the um, Evil Dead game that oh, yes. we had on the, the PlayStation 2. The one I
2: have two. on the PS2, yeah. Yes,
3: I, I actually recently played that um, a little bit more. It's a lot of fun. But Which that, one? Uh, it was the Evil Dead. Dead... by John.
1: Oh, he would Okay, Because it. okay. I have a fistful of boomstick. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> so, so those ones scared the living daylights out of me enough that the first zombie I encountered in that game, I'm like, nope, I quit. I, I gave up. I was very, very scared as a child. And then uh, I suppose the first time I encountered zombies was Call of Duty World at War on the Xbox 360, And I remember playing that with you. That was horrifying because I left after getting scared to go down to get some drinks. I come back up. As I'm coming up the stairs, I hear a girlish scream. We're the only ones in the house. So I hear a girlish (laughs) scream. And I'm like, like, what happened? And you, you just turn to me with a sad look on your face of... One came up behind me, (laughs) and and I I loved it. Um, And then probably the first zombie game that I actually put a lot of effort into was Dead Island. Dead Island uh, was a free roam game with a relatively big open world that you would slowly explore more of, and its big focus was melee combat. It was a first-person game, and you can, you know, punch zombies, pick up other kinds of pipes and weapons, and then hit them with it and stuff like that, and that was... A lot of fun. That was the first zombie game that I really put a lot of effort into, and I have since been a huge fan of uh, things like Dead Island, Resident Evil, Call of Duty, um, and I actually am a huge fan of the Dead Dead Space franchise, so I've played a lot of the newer games more than the
1: uh, older uh, 90s and arcade ones. Interesting. Interesting. You're also significantly younger than I am. This is also true.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and it's funny, you know, I like I said, I, I my video game experience is more 70s and 80s, and then um, I had a Neo Geo that a friend of mine went off to the military and he gave it to me, and there were no zombie games on that, but then um, I had another friend years later that I brought it into work, and we would play it at work, and we would hide it, you know, so we wouldn't get caught, and then he needed... He wanted the Neo Geo, and so I traded it to him for the PS2. So that's where I first got the PS2, which I think was around 2004. And so the only um, zombie video game, like I mentioned, that I had was uh, uh, the the Evil Dead, Dead by Dawn. And that one, I I don't think I ever actually solved that one. Did you, Spence? No, I didn't finish it. Uh, I just haven't had the time to,
3: personally, but... No, but I never finished it.
2: Beyond that, for me personally, I have only played with you on your games. Like, what's the one with the bus where you had to get onto the bus?
3: That was a Call of Duty map.
2: Call of Duty, okay. And then there was... So it was probably the Call of Duty ones is the one I'm thinking of. But then I there was the one on the island. That Probably that island. Well, yeah, so I remember playing those ones. And that's about it for me personally in terms of... I don't think I've ever played a Resident Evil... Oh, I did play Doom a lot, especially when it first came out on the PC back in like the late... What was it? The... Late eighties, early nineties or something. Windows ninety five era. So and I used to get um car sick after a while and I couldn't figure it out until I realized it was the up and down motion of the first person shooter. That I, I can't stand that. To this day oh, I yeah, can't that, play that.
1: That would give me a headache, like going through all the different tunnels and corridors and hallways. Oh yeah. Yeah. I used to love all the cheat codes. Like you ever use the cheat codes for like God mode and infinite ammo and all that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the time.
2: So, what do you guys look for in a zombie game when you're when you want to play one, uh, Pat?
1: For me, it's uh, a compelling storyline because um, y- you want to be able to you know follow the story. You know, it's kind of like the same thing you look for in a a good zombie movie. You know, good characters, uh, lots of gore. You know, a significant playtime. Like you know, I've been able to do. I've beaten Resident Evil Eight in our Village in under three hours. So I was able to get that, that, uh, that trophy, that, uh, achievement trophy, I almost said participation trophy. And I knew that was, the <laughs> wrong. Word. but that, that achievement, but you know, it's, you know, if you're playing through it the first time, it's like a six or seven hour game. Uh, you want cool weapons. You want to be able to do different things. Like the first resident evil, like you, you could have a couple of different guns. And I loved the fact that you had like this inventory system where, You know, it's like, all right, you know, I need to, if I want to save my game, I need an ink ribbon in order to use the typewriter to save my game. So I have to have an inventory spot for that thing. But it's like, I also need health. I need ammo. I need guns. Oh, that's funny. You know, and certain, you know, quest items. It's like, oh, you found the red key. You know, now you can unlock the wizard door. So you would need like specific things and everything was a different size and you only had a finite amount of, space in your inventory to carry these things so there were times where you're like have to choose between health and ammo or it's like all right i have uh you know seven magnum bullets but you know you have the uh the two like cases when you have the ammo say like it's a pack of ammo and it's it holds 15 bullets for a magnum it would only hold six so you'd have like a little two by the, the two uh, squares, it would take up in your inventory, and there's six in there. But if you had one, one would also take up the two squares. Hmm. But if you need health, so it's like, I have to waste one magnum bullet in order to pick up this health. Oh, interesting. And, like, you could discard something, but, like, if you discarded it, you couldn't get it back. Like, there are some, some versions of the game where you can drop something kind of shuffle your inventory around. Like one of the big things in resident evil is you can uh, combine herbs like red and green herbs. Like uh, a red herb will do nothing on its own, but combined with a green herb, it'll completely heal you. Hmm. So you kind of it's like, okay, I have these bullets. All right, let me drop this thing, pick up this herb, combine the two herbs. Now I have that extra space, pick the thing up that I just dropped.
2: Oh, there you go. Okay.
1: But in the first one, you had to make a choice. Like, do I want health? or do I want ammo and like when you'd be going down a corridor and nobody would be attacking you and like all of a sudden there's you know some ammo some herbs you know some a bunch of stuff and it's like okay there's a boss fight coming up so i need to know what i can do like you always have a knife but that's really tough to use against like a giant monster so <laughs> that that type of dynamic like the uh you know the the critical thinking dynamic is is really important to me one of the things I like with Resident Evil 8 is, you know, and they introduce this, I think, in Resident Evil 4 where you can buy additional storage space, you know, as you collect items through the game, you can sell them to the the merchant, and he'll give you, like, upgrades for your guns, or newer guns. You never had that in the first one. It was like, you have a handgun, a shotgun, a magnum, and, like, a rocket launcher, and that's it. Nice. Um, But with the newer ones, it's like, there's like four or five different types of handgun, four or five different types of shotgun, you know, different sniper rifles. You know, they introduced that aspect as the uh, games got more complex and they could do more with them and make the worlds bigger. But yeah, it's it's uh it's very challenging. You know, then you add the puzzles in, and you know, so you have to solve puzzles. So like it's as long as the game is engaging, you know, you also want to have like the creepy atmospheric uh, horror aspect to it. You know, like the first Resident Evil takes place in the the police station. So you're like walking down these hallways and there's not a lot of place for you to go. You know, and the first time that the the Cerberus dogs show up, like you hear them outside, like you hear a zombie banging on a window and you're like, oh, fuck that. I'm going to walk away from that. <laughs> but like the hands break through the window like they don't get you. But like the hands break through the window and you're like, "Whoa, I'm getting out of here. I'm going down this hallway. Then all of a sudden, like these two dogs leap through the through the window and attack you and their movement speed and like the way they move is so much different from how just like the zombies sort of like shamble towards you. Like you can, you know, walk five feet away and like take your time and aim your gun and shoot the zombies in the head. The dogs sprint at you and like, you're so freaked out by them showing up. You really don't have a lot of time and they've kind of like, they've definitely in each game, Improved upon their creatures, Uh not just like in their difficulty, but their their design, like how terrifying they look. So that's one of the things that I look for, like what's what's going on. And now that you know, games are more, you know, involved and in depth with everything that they do. You got to look for good voice acting, a good storyline. You know, Uh where it's just, oh, I need to solve some puzzles to get out of this place because there's monsters here like that's that's motivation enough but now it's like i need to find out why the government is you know siphoning my my blood and using it for you know crazy you know religious ceremonies to summon you know krakens from the deep you know whatever (laughs) you know i don't i I don't want to give away anything that you know might spoil a game that somebody hasn't played yet you know especially like resident evil eight right right like oh why does the government want my bone marrow like what's so special about me it's like oh you're dracula's third cousin and you know you were bitten by a werewolf who was actually a german shepherd like i don't know like you know there's 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 crazy shit that happens in these games and there's always like some sort of like you know overriding conspiracy and you never know who to trust and it's like you always have like this one weird dude and it's like, gee, I wonder if he's the the hidden bad guy. And it's like, oh, it was me all along. Oh, I'm the bad guy. It's like, oh, really? The guy who never takes off his sunglasses and like speaks creepily and like isn't friendly to anyone. Really? You're the bad guy. <laughs> oh, what a twist. So um, I, I want to
2: take a quick side tangent here just to ask, because it's obviously an audio podcast, not nobody can see anything that's going on. But, Spence, you had this shocked look on your face when Patsy said that he had solved a Resident Evil 8 village within three hours.
1: I have
3: played that game once all the way through. Um, it was awesome, but it was also terrifying. So um, I imagine that it was... The more I thought about it, I was like, okay, I guess it makes sense, right? If it's your second or third playthrough and you have a lot of the fancy stuff and you play through it on an early difficulty, um, it can't be you know, that hard to just get that achievement. But... On first hearing that, my brain was like, hold on, that game, that scary game you beat with like, you know, in under three hours? Sir, it took me three hours to like
1: get up the nerve to play it again. <laughs> like, Well, this was, I think, like my sixth or seventh consecutive, like I just kept playing it over and over again. So like I started on, you know, normal difficulty. Then I went to the next level. Then I went to Village of Shadows difficulty. Actually, no. I played it twice on the the regular level, twice on normal, twice on hardcore because, you know, the harder the difficulty level, like the more like money and stuff you get for upgrading your weapons and ammo and and whatnot uh, and the more stuff you find. So it took me several playthroughs just to get to the point where I could unlock certain things and get certain achievements in order to get up the confidence to try uh, a Village of Shadows difficulty, which, holy shit, (laughs) I did it once, and that's all I need to do because I beat it once on a Village of Shadows, and that's it because there is a section where it's like you've gone through the game and you've amassed this arsenal, and it's like, okay, these are the weapons I like to use. This is the ammo I like to use. I have all this stuff, and then it's like, oh, you're not playing as your character anymore. You're playing as somebody else. Oh, He does not have all the stuff you have but there's just swarm after swarm of like monstrous enemies and they're all super difficult like you start off with these lichen guys and they're they're tough but then like oh now we're gonna double them and half of them also have armor on now and they're way more visit like you could shoot them in the face 10 or 15 times and still just like you've made them mad because like the weapons that you have with him are not great but you do get like these you know there's like four or five like ammo dumps so like your best bet is to just kind of and i found this out the hard way take some flash grenades and throw them into the crowd of people and when they're stunned don't try and fight them just run through them to the next like checkpoint that triggers the next cutscene. that's what you do and i found out that like there's a there's like this giant thing that you have to use uh use like a laser scope to kind of like uh, aim whatever this weapon is that your friends are firing. So like you take the laser scope and you put it on this like giant, I don't know, pulsating root fungus thing. And it takes, I don't know, 10 or 15 seconds to fully charge up. So while you're being attacked, you have to like just hold this thing, uh, you know, like in your sights so you can keep the, the laser trained on it. And I found out you can move around with that, like, and you you don't have to aim at it the whole time. You just have to aim at it at the end. Interesting. So, like, you can be running around looking through the scope and, like, seeing where monsters are and just running away from them, like, running in a circle. Then as the thing, like, the beam narrows, uh, then aim it at the thing that you want. But it took me, like, certain parts on that game took me, like, 30 or 40 tries to get through. Pro on tips Village with Shadow's difficulty.
2: <laughs> Pro tips with Batsy. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> then, once I had my infinite shotgun and my infinite handgun and my infinite magnum, which is the greatest thing in the world, <laughs> um, and all the tips and tricks that I learned, like there's a part at the beginning where you will be swarmed by a never ending, uh, or seemingly never ending, uh, just parade of enemies. If you go into a certain house and kind of stand away from the door, like no one's going to come up from behind you. They only come through this door and they come in like one at a time. So you can sit there with your magnum and just shoot them one by one as they come in, you know, reload real quickly. Then this giant monster guy comes over and you can wait after you kill all the guys that come at you. There's like 30 of them. Just wait. And here, Oh, here comes the big giant guy. I can stand safely on the porch where he can't reach me and I'll just shoot him a bunch of times and get like this massive reward plus there's a uh there's a a, an achievement for it i i almost cried when i first met him oh he's insane and you fight him three times or you encounter him (laughs) three times yeah once you have all like the super high-end weapons and you know the tricks it's easy Mm -hmm. to go through it in three hours although i think i did it in like 249 two hours 49 minutes
2: It's funny, when you were going through the gameplay just a little bit ago, Spencey was breaking out in a cold sweat looking like he had PTSD.
3: (laughs) Oh,
1: it's... Like, there's a part, like, if you go and you're like, oh, what's that over there? Like, I think I hear something. And you walk over there, and, like, this giant fucking thing comes out and just destroys you. (laughs) But, like, part of you is just like, okay, I know that's there now. I can fight him. And he just destroys you again. Like, this is a weird game because it has, like, random flower sacks sitting around and like you can kind of shoot them and like use that as subterfuge. So like, oh, they don't know where you are. and It's almost like a smoke grenade. So you can like sit there and kind of shoot at people. But oh, that's cool. You know, certain uh, other games will have something like that, but it's like fire extinguishers usually like you shoot the fire extinguisher and guys can't see you for a second. Right, right. Interesting. So Spence
2: posed the question to you now. What do you look for in a zombie game?
3: I look for basically a big thing that'll set you apart. You know, um, something really, really unique that we haven't really seen before, or if we have, it was decades ago, right? You know, like when Resident Evil remastered their games, they didn't just take the 90s versions of, you know, Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 and give them decent graphics. They rebuilt the games. So they play similar enough that your skills would carry over, but different enough that it's not the same game. So that was something that I was interested in. Or um, something like Dying Light, because Dying Light had um, marketed as a day-night system. And at night, worse zombies would come out, and all the zombies would become much more feral. You know, it would go from Night of the Living Dead to Train to Busan level almost instantaneously, and stuff like that. Um, Dead Space had a big gameplay loop of, instead of shooting the head, you have to dismember them to kill them. And to me, that was that stuff like that is really, really cool. I mean, Call of Duty Zombies is round-based. It's not a linear zombie game like Resident Evil or a open-world one like Dead Island or Dying Light. It's you know, you kill the zombies, round two. Now there's more zombies. You know, now there's more monsters and stuff like right, that. And you're right. in an enclosed space. So I look for uniqueness in things like that. You know, I'm always thinking about what what mechanics would I change, what mechanics would I add, what scares me enough that I want to keep playing it but not enough that I don't want to keep playing it. So things like that. I mean, I look at zombie games as part of the horror genre as a whole. I mean, you mentioned Sweet Home. I've played games that are called, you know, Sweet Home that uh, are um, Asian culture inspired. And to me, that's just like, oh, that's the next level of this stuff. Like that's just another part of this mythology that's being used as a core of these horror games. Hmm. So for me, I look for, you know, uniqueness in mechanics, but also, you know, good story, characters that matter and stuff like that, and well-fleshed-out details. Um, Similar to what Pat said, except a bit more like, for me, it's a bit more broad because I love the horror genre as a whole. So uh, whenever it's a zombie game, I'm like, okay, cool, why should I play you and not Dead Space 1, 2, or 3, or Dying Light or Dead Island? Or Resident Evil.
2: Interesting. You know, now, Spence has sort of expounded upon being scared, and I know I've had my share of scares, as he mentioned, playing these. Pat, do you ever get scared playing these games?
1: Uh, There's definitely a sense of dread or foreboding in certain spots. Like, there were a couple of times where uh, in Resident Evil, because usually you can see these things coming from a mile away, but in Resident Evil 7 and 8, Seven, especially, I had one jump scare where I was like, Whoa, like that really got me. Uh, Resident Evil 8 or Village got me four or five times, and like <laughs> I am like a hardcore horror guy. And I will say this, uh, and Spence, I'm sure you will 100% agree with me. Fuck that baby. No, nope. I, you
3: know, I don't want to talk about it. I don't Thank want you. to <laughs> talk about it. It's not but a zombie. No. I don't want
1: to talk about it. I showed that to my wife. Like, the first time I saw that, I yelled and swore. I was like, nope, fuck this. And, oh, man. Um, no, no thank you. Like, that's... Like, the creature design, they've just gotten better and better and better and better and better. And it's this one. Yes. Like, there were... Like, one of the, the, the like, Lycan Alpha things, uh, they look almost comical to the point of being terrifying. They kind of have like these huge like almost unhinged jaws like they <laughs> yeah, run really I... all fours and they've but they have, they look like muppets they look like terrifying muppets
3: i yeah i'm actually gonna gonna jump on that is um something that i kind of repeated myself when i was talking about what i like is the big thing i also look for is more monsters more than one thing to fight you know, don't get me wrong, I love when the first, you know, third of the game is fighting zombies, right? Like, that's a core tenet of the game. They don't want you to forget that. But eventually, it just gets worse. Resident Evil 8, specifically with those alpha lichens, personally, I, I love them. Because I actually think there's a, a really awesome take on werewolves that I'm going to take that idea and use that in my own uh, media. But, you know, like, um in Resident Evil 2, the lickers. Yep. Lickers are just basically... Clawed, skinless people with you know only bones and muscle showing, and they crawl all over the brains. walls. They have these massive tongues that they lick you with, Ew. and that's how they attack you. When I first met a licker, it was on the ceiling and it ate a zombie with its tongue and mm-hmm. grabbed it from the ground. And
1: it's I, like I how remember a frog catches a fly. It's
3: <laughs> <laughs> I remember going through the door, seeing that, and just nope. I turned back around and I, I left for another two minutes. So for me, creatures, dying light has a lot of really, really cool zombies. They marketed these big, you know, like, night creatures, and they, were, they, they come out at night because the UV light will make them burn, almost like vampires, even. Hmm. And I thought that was a really cool thing, was, like, you know, you have the zombies, but then you have worse creatures to worry about, or different creatures, so that eventually you see a zombie, you're like, oh, thank God, it's only one of you. Right. Even then, you know, <laughs> earlier in the game, you were, you know, crying yourself to sleep because of these <laughs> things.
1: If you slept. <laughs> That's funny. <horrible. laughs> Is there, are there any Walking Dead video games? And if so, have you guys played them? There are. Uh, I haven't played them. Uh, the one that I know, the first thing I, that came to my mind was the Telltale series, where it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure thing, hmm. where like you're, you're faced with different choices, and the way you choose to approach these things, that kind of dictates where your story goes.
3: Yeah, so the gameplay for the Walking Dead, the Telltale series, Telltale Games makes all all their games like this. This was their bi- their big selling point was, you would say encounter a situation where two people are getting attacked by zombies. Whoever you chose to save, regardless of like who survived, those people who were associated with one person or the other would favor you, and then you hmm. know maybe you would save Herschel's um, you know, family member, or you would save, uh, I think his name was Dale's family member. Right. And if you saved, if you tried to save one, they would favor you and you would have their resources and they would be able to help you. And the, the narrative would change fundamentally oh, with a lot of those um things. Those are really cool. There's also another Walking Dead game. It's a VR game, a virtual reality game called Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. Huh. And it's, you know... A virtual reality zombie game. I will not even get into virtual reality zombies. Oh. Tried a little bit of too it. Too terrifying. Cried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was. I was not having a good time with that one. That to me is a little too much. When you're seeing a monster run at you, right? I can handle. I can handle it with a screen where I can look away. But when I, all I can do is close my eyes and hear it run closer to me, knowing that if I open my eyes, it'll still be there, right? It's pretty bad.
2: <laughs> like I like I scream like a schoolgirl when I watch horror movies that I've seen before. You know, let alone I—I I tried that a uh, couple of VR games. They weren't necessarily zombie ones, but it was terrifying. You know, like you're literally just like looking down the hallway, and then someone's crawling across the doorway, mm-hmm. not even coming down the hall. And that was that was frightening enough. But mm-hmm. so for these zombie games, are they all nowadays? Are they all sort of the same kind of play as Resident Evil? Has everybody copied them, or are there still different types of gameplay out there?
1: Well, I think a lot of them, uh, you know, are puzzle based, but there's also like a lot of stuff going on besides like your main mission. Like there's a lot of side quests, so to speak, like uh, Dead Rising, which I fucking love because you're in a mall and you can use pretty much anything as a weapon. And sometimes it's hilarious, like, oh, I'm being chased by zombies, but I'm in. You know, a restaurant. Let me pick up this stack of dishes and just like huck dishes at them. Or oh, here's a 12-pack of soda (laughs) cans, and I'm just like hucking soda cans at zombies. Or oh, they trap me in the music store, and I'm gonna beat them with a guitar. And like as you're, like the electric guitars sound different from the acoustic guitars as you're (laughs) clobbering these guys, and it's awesome. You know, if you're in the sporting goods store, it's like oh, uh, you know, the golf clubs and the and the hockey sticks. Like, you don't use the clubs and the hockey sticks to hit the zombies. You hit golf balls and hockey pucks at them. <laughs> like, you can put on different outfits as you go through the mall. Like, you can dress in anything you want. Like, oh, I'm in the, the you know, you're playing as this guy, Frank West, that's, like, big, tough reporter. And it's, like, if you want to go put a dress on, you can go put a dress on. <laughs> um, put on, like, different, you know, hats. And, and they have even, uh, they have laser swords. Like, they're supposed to be like lightsabers, but they're really not. That's but, funny. But, uh, you know, you can use those. And your your weapons only last for a certain amount of time. Like, if you have a pipe or a 2 by 4 or an axe or a machete, it only lasts for a short amount of time. But fortunately, some of the better weapons in the game, like, say, uh, the machete of the guy that chases you through the hardware store, he yeah. uh, when you kill him, you get his giant machete, which is just the best fucking weapon for mowing through zombies. If you go back there later on like once you use it up and it doesn't work anymore uh because it just kind of breaks down which I, is it is a mechanic that i like you can go back to that hardware store and get another one of those wow there's a uh you know you can use like a lawnmower like uh an ice auger uh some of these things are funnier than others like <laughs> you can uh if you take a shower head you can jam it in a zombie skull, and like blood will pour out, which is <laughs> just awesome. awesome. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of cool stuff. You know, there's always guns lying around because there's like mall cops there. So like, if you knock the mall cop down, you you know you can take his gun. There is a there is a part where you're outside and like these like three convicts are like chasing you with like this huge machine gun, and they're in a a truck. But you have to, like, yeah. there's a lot of escort missions, you know, helping people back. And it turns out this is, like, some sort of weird parasite. Like, so once it turns dark the first time, because you only have 72 uh, hours, like, in-game hours. So, like, you're up against a ticking clock, and you have to get back. Like, there's, like, six or seven different endings. There's, like, a weird cult, too. Like, I don't know what's up with it, but, like, there's guys with, like, these weird green masks and, like, raincoats and, like, rain boots, and like, <laughs> if they catch you, they will drug you and take all of your stuff. Oh, then later on in the game, like the military comes in and you have to sneak around and get around uh, away from the military. But you can also take their guns. So there's there's that aspect to it. Uh, although if I'm going to be honest, the, the game with the best story and maybe the best. Uh, yeah, probably the best story is uh, The Last of Us. No. I don't know. Spencer, no. have you played that one?
3: I have not. I'm not a PlayStation kid as much as I wish I was. Um, but yeah, The Last of Us is very narrative-based, very much with a lot of the mechanics core to making making sure the story makes sense. And it's this, it's this very tragic tale. And that's their big selling point there is... I think every zombie game has their thing right like call of duty zombies is is you know advertised as a tertiary mode dead rising is advertised as you know you can you're in a mall you can use any weapon you want it's meant to be a little silly with a lot of serious undertones um a game that i want to mention in i think is possibly you know one of the really really top tier zombie games is left for dead one and two left for dead is you have four players and if you don't have any friends to play with it's you and three other computers who are playing characters playing characters and helping you and a lot of the core mechanics of the game are about helping each other so so there are some of them bigger monsters that can grab you or mm. can stun you and the only way you can get out of that is somebody else killing that thing or stunning that thing wow that kind of deal so it, you can't really help yourself too heavily you can really only just kind of arm yourself up and then help each other and i think that's That's a lot of fun because it's very horde mode based it's very much you're going through the level, but you know eventually it'll get to a point where you have to go through this door that'll activate the emergency alarm, and the zombies are all going to come attack you it's a hack and slash game right. and yeah you, know, you could actually a- attribute that similar to um not a zombie game but um Warhammer Vermintide so the hack and slash genre is a very much fun overlap with the zombie genre that I definitely think had a lot of aspects to it they've the, um, some of the developers of Left for Dead were not able to make a third Left for Dead for reasons that are greater than our control. Thank you, Valve. <laughs> um, they have made Back 4 Blood, which is a spiritual sequel to that. And they have these, you know, bigger, fancier monsters that will stun you, will grab you, will, will essentially put you in a mode of, if you're not saved, you will die and you are not currently playing, um, but your friends have to shoot that thing to save you. And right. that kind of cooperative thing is definitely something you don't see a whole lot in in zombie games. A lot of it is a matter of, you know, keeping yourself alive and the survival horror genre. Resident Evil really defined the survival horror genre because there are some games out there that are just fear factors, right? You know, I mean, Outlast is probably the biggest name out there where you're a reporter, you have a video camera running from these people who are trying to kill you. Right. And it has this, like, feel spiritual but, like, turns out to be all science kind of attitude Whereas Resident Evil is zombies where it's all science, but you have this, like, false confidence that I have a shotgun. I'm going to be fine. Why did this thing just tank the shotgun shell that I put in its head? <laughs> I, I've done that multiple times. I've come up to a zombie, like, you know, as close as I can without getting grabbed. I'm like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot him in the head, and I miss a little bit, and it just skins his face, and he's still coming to kill me. Uh. And I'm like, that's so sad. Um, so I would say that when it comes to mechanics, there's a lot of variety. A yeah. lot of variety and a lot of differences. I mean, Dead Space, I've mentioned a million times, the idea of dismembering them. Since it takes place in the future on a mining ship, everyone's turned into a necromorph. So, you, you know, they kill you and your body turns into one of the aliens. And all the weapons you have are either explosives or blunt force trauma, but none of them are really melee. You have a couple melee attacks, <laughs> but they're like laser weapons meant for cutting the big trademark weapon of the left 4 dead fran- I'm sorry not left of uh, the Dead Space franchise is the laser cutter it's right. you know a literally like a, a three-line burst that you have to aim at their arms their arms are like all usually really long and stuff like that right, uh, right. so they all have their own special thing about them and i think that's kind of key to sell to a selling point for a zombie game because zombies are such an easy topic that you could you could remake um you know Dying Light or Dead Space with um mechanics for dead rising and you would be good to go you know it could be the same thing still be fun probably still be profitable but it wouldn't be necessarily memorable right
0: hello this is rod barnett i'm the host of the bloody pit the podcast that examines films from across the decades on the bloody pit We have several ongoing series of shows within the show focused on specific things in genre cinema that I and my co-hosts find fascinating. There's a long-running series focused on Italian maestro Antonio Margheriti's films from the 1960s all the way up through 1990. There's an on-again, off-again series focused on 1970s science fiction films. There's an in-depth look at the Western movies that William Castle made before he struck out on his own and became the horror auteur that we know and love, a look at the classic Coffin Joe films from Brazil, and our long-term project to look at every universal horror film made in the 1940s. That's a long project, people. It's going to take us a long time. Sprinkled in amongst those are various other episodes focused on other stranger areas of cinema, like uh, Lucio Fulci, Dario Argento, and even some obscure British crime films from time to time. So join me and my rotating crew of co-hosts as we examine the stranger side of cinema through an exploitation lens. Except when we don't. Yeah, you never really know exactly what to expect on the Bloody Pit. So join me for the Bloody
2: Pit. Hi, this is Rigor, host of Then Is Now Podcast and The East Meets the West. I just wanted to say thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. We appreciate your support as we grow the audience for our shows. You could find our links to our Patreon page as well as our Tee Public page at havenpodcasts.com. With Patreon, you'll get a lot of exclusive stuff, including our monthly pop culture newsletter, cool gifts, discounts for Tee Public, and our special exclusive show, Then Is Now Filmmakers series, in which we interview directors, producers, writers, composers, special effects guys, basically anybody who works behind the scenes in film and television, and get their insights into the process of creating films and TV shows. Also at our Tee Public page, you'll find cool merch that you can get or even give to others as gifts. You can find those links at our website, or you can go directly to tpublic.com slash stores slash haven podcasts and patreon.com slash then is now podcast. Enjoy. What's your opinion on those games that Spence just mentioned?
1: Those are ones that I'm not overly familiar with. Uh, I have not played Dead Space. It looks really cool. I just I haven't picked it up yet. I know there's like there's several of them, and I know that the uh, the main protagonist is like Isaac Clark, which is Isaac Asimov and Arthur C. Clarke, which I love. <laughs> I haven't played those ones yet, unfortunately. But I mean, I've gone you know, obviously Dead Rising. I started playing Dead Rising 2, Frank's big package, uh, but I didn't get That one is more narrative based than the first one. Um, The first one, all I tried to do, I kept, what's nice about that is like, if say like you're at level 15 and like you die, like you can continue the game from there or you could restart it and be at level 15. So I just kept doing that because you have to kill as many zombies as you possibly can. Like right. different achievements for it. it's like oh kill fifty six thousand nine hundred and twelve zombies it's like that's a weird like arbitrary number, <laughs> but I've played that I haven't played um like there are other zombie games that I've played that like they're not zombie centric but like zombies are a part of it like um, I think we talked about it like I don't know, a month or two ago when we started doing these but um what the hell is it Star Wars uh the Knights of the Old Republic the first one there's a part where these pe- you have to help these people who are infected with like rat disease huh. and like they they turn into like these weird humanoid looking creatures but like they're definitely not humans anymore but it's like a weird like weird virus when like they lacked the, the programming maybe not the programming but the animation ability because it's you know it was a Uh, I think originally an Xbox game, like the first Xbox. So there would be like a flash of light and they would turn into things as opposed to like now where like you would see all like the weird grotesque uh, mutations happening. Hmm. That that doesn't happen in, in these. But I am a huge fan of, obviously the Resident Evil games, the Last of Us games, because... I think the difference between most zombie games and say The Last of Us is where everybody was wiped out by the or not everybody but like the main you know catastrophic event was the Cordyceps virus uh or the Cordyceps fung- fungal infection uh that's a real thing by the way it happens to oh. spiders and ants and whatnot it does not affect humans at this point but you know that's you know it's for the game it's more human versus human and like these things just happen to be there it's like an exercise exos- it, but it's like you know fighting climate change you know especially the second one the second one is really all about you know people like people are the the real monsters you know kind of like how the walking dead does that like where people are the real monsters yeah there are zombies everywhere and you know there's that constant threat but you know it's it's almost like living on a fault line like you know at any moment like there could be a big earthquake and everything could come crumbling down but the real the real threat is other people and i think that's what the last of us brings that resident evil sort of does but like not a lot of these games really do some of them like you know spencer was saying like you know dead rising it's kind of like a hack and slash like you are literally like just picking things up it's like oh I just picked up this plant and bashed a zombie over the head with it you know like you know it's you're just facing this unending swarm like yeah you have some things to do but it's not really like like vital to the survival of humanity like everything seems to be under control Hmm. you don't need to you know really cooperate with other people to like build something as opposed to like the main storyline of the first, the last of us game. I mean, I think that to me is, is, you know, when we're talking about stuff that separates them and from other, other games and like what kind of sets them apart. I think that right there is one of those things. Like what, what is the main storyline? Why does your protagonist trying to accomplish? And with a lot of these, there's, there's very, there's a lot of similarities like, even with something like Silent Hill, which isn't necessarily zombies, but, like, it's, like, that could be a Resident Evil-type game, because you're facing all these different creatures, and, like, you're in this dark, uh, scary, you know, atmospheric place where, you know, you have to solve a series of clues and riddles to figure out exactly what's going on, because you don't really know, you're not quite sure, you know, but, yeah, like, those those are those are some of the ones that I I have played, and I can give you more of an opinion on, but, Unfortunately, like Dead Space. I played a little bit of Dead Island. Uh, it just mm-hmm. didn't appeal to me all that much. I've tried a couple of uh, the, the zombies Call of Duty modes. Didn't care for that just because to me, it's just how long can you survive? And it's basically like Tetris, but with zombies, like <laughs> yeah, how long yeah. can you build stuff and, and stay alive, uh, which I mean, it's it can be fun, but I need something a little more in my in my zombie modes as it's. It's like let me see how many how many uh you know free throws I can hit in a row and then try to break that record. Like that's that's how I look at the the zombie modes. But again, it's not that it's not fun. It's just not for me. Um I like the the narrative driven story. I mean, I didn't really care for Call of Duty itself. You know, like the the actual game. So
3: Yeah, absolutely. It it ties into, you know, preference. The zombie genre um besides realistically speaking, <coughs> Uh, being able to, like, you know, carry over with most of the survival horror genre, which, which Resident Evil and Silent Hill really kind of, you know, carved that niche out. The idea of, you know, managing ammo, managing health, you know, having to deal with this, but also having a sense of fighting back to some extent, or at the very least, using your weapons as tools to just push your way through this puzzle. Um the the very different there's very different games when it comes to zombies there's no really one uniform way of doing things Resident Evil realistically speaking has reinvented itself multiple times hmm. the the franchise of Resident Evil specifically I mean we could do a whole episode on them they have changed the gameplay itself like three different times Resident Evil oh, I can't remember I think it was Resident Evil three was the the first Resident Evil that was third person or was it Resident Evil four that was the first
1: Resident Evil 4 uh, was... Uh,
3: Resident Evil 4 yeah. was, the first, was the first one that was third person. Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3, the gameplay was the camera was stuck, and you would move the character around, so you would go into a different room, and the camera would switch to a different corner of that room. Security camera? Sort of, yeah. Kind of that kind of view huh. of the room. And then in Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6, it was third person. They did remaster Resident Evil 2 and 3 to um the third person. But I mean still, like that was kind of their most popular way of doing things. Resident Evil 7 and 8, we've been raving about, uh it have been first person games. Hmm. They have been a completely different, you know, way of looking at things and they've kept the core tenets of, you know, dealing with zombies and a level of cannon fodder, but they've really switched it up and I think that's been a big deal about them staying relatively on top when it comes to the horror franchise. Genre as a whole, but there have been you know zombie games that started as um, DLCs, so downloadable contents, bonus material for other games. The first Red Dead Redemption had the Undead Nightmare DLC, which I bought the first Red Dead Redemption purely for the Undead Nightmare because I didn't really care for the original game. But when you were fighting the zombies, it was really really fun. <laughs> um, Is that a Western game? Yeah. Okay. And so then it, uh, then all of a sudden you know you have the original story, but then the DLC takes a chunk of that of that original story and then turns it into a different story where you're fighting zombies and, to an extent, other mythical creatures. Another game that did that was um, the Sniper Elite franchise. So it's, you know, the first three games are Sniper Elite where you're going to... To you know, deal with something. I think some of them are World War II where you're a sniper and you have to, you know, you know, take your time and you know, line up your shots, watch for the air, stuff like that. You know, hold your breath when you're gonna take a shot at somebody from three thousand meters away. But then they released um the zombie army trilogy after they released a DLC. Zombie Army Trilogy is its own game of three three smaller campaigns that use the sniper elite mechanics where when you shoot somebody in the face, you see the bullet cracking into their skull in an x-ray <laughs> mechanic and stuff like that. Like, you shoot That's someone cool. in the groin, you see the x-ray of everything and the bullet going in ah, and my piercing their bodies. Yeah. <laughs> so that, to me, is, you know... Zombies are a, a big part of our culture I, in the gaming world. When you have any kind of an action game, you can throw zombies. Saints Row the Third, a game about gangs in a fictional city of Stillwater, <laughs> had zombies in it. Oh, <laughs> granted, the ga- granted, the franchise was going a little loony anyways, but they had a, a section of this. A, a plane crashes, and then a section of the city is just all zombies. Interesting. You just you just go and fight them. And so I think I think there's a lot of fun to be had with the survival horror but then the action side of the zombie genre as well as the narrative side that fuel things like the last of us or days gone for example
1: oh days really gone's fun. not bad uh i started playing that one but again that one to me was just you know a lot of side quests and very little main quest you know it, it's it's more like the story of how i get my motorcycle back like
3: yeah i never i never played it enough i would like to i actually a a big thing that's been on the rise in some zombie games is a lot of the zombie games that we know and love have a big deal to do with individual experiences with zombies resident evil up close and personal dying light dead island call of duty up close and personal it's not like even call of duty maybe later has a bit of a horde mode but you still have to kind of care about the individual zombies and There's no, like, click this button to kill a zombie kind of deal, whereas um, the game that actually was based on World War Z had to do with the horde mode, because, I mean, World War Z, you're seeing them flow like water and waves of them running over each other. They put that into a video game, and it actually gets really fun because they start to climb up over each other up a wall to get to you guys, and you have to shoot the bottom of that pile, or, like, throw throw a grenade down there, and then everything blows up and they all fall. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's funny, but it's a real—I think that's a really fun mechanic of the horde mode type stuff.
2: Yeah, we uh, saw a little bit of that in Train to Busan. Mm,
3: I, I love, I love that. That to me is so much scarier than the whole like dealing with one zombie thing. Because eventually, if you're good at fighting, fighting some shambling, you know, intellectually useless monster becomes nothing. When you have, you know, whether whether or not you have a shotgun in your hands is irrelevant to the wave of literal wave of monsters right. coming at you. That to me, is a very is something I want to see in more games and a mechanic that I've been thoroughly enjoying in games like World War Z and <coughs> Days Gone. Right. So, um,
2: yeah, it's, uh, Pat, you had brought up Silent Hill, and I was going to ask that: uh, Would you guys consider Silent Hill a zombie game? I mean, I've played the demo of that and it's not really right
1: no it it isn't but it's got a lot of the same type of mechanics you know where you have uh a lot of the you know like the the weird creepy nurses and like all these other like really you know screwy looking um you know like all limb people like they don't have heads but they're like you know they have like six arms or six legs and like they're just crawling around you know trying to kill you and You know, there's like really weird nightmarish shit. Um, You know, and to a large part, um, Resident Evil kind of has gotten away from the zombies and like they've sort of changed and evolved the uh, like the thinking. Like it went from, you know, the the T virus, you know, turning people into zombies and then the G virus and then, you know, which would, you know, uh, turn. You know, random people from uh like if you injected it into living flesh, it would like horribly mutate people, but they'd kind of still have their faculties, like we saw with william Birkin mm. um, you know, and then like the nemesis stuff, you know it's just there's lots and lots of like advancement, so it's not just zombies, it's okay, it's this virus, and then you get to Resident Evil Four and it turns out it's like a parasite las plagas parasite, and yes. it's then you get to the next one resident evil 5 which is one in africa with shiva um which is the first time you can do like two-player co-op mode which is kind of cool oh
2: cool
1: uh it gives you uh it's a different like evolution of the les Plagas virus i forget i didn't i didn't finish that one it's like the only five and six are the only two i haven't finished but yeah um
3: <laughs> yeah, I would say that a lot of the survival horror games aren't exclusive to zombies, but were carved by zombies. Resident Evil, you know, in my opinion has really carved it out, but Silent Hill is uh different. It's very surreal. You know, right. you enter the town of Silent Hill and you start seeing hallucinations of things that have to do with your past. Stuff like that. So it's not really the undead trying to kill you, but Resident Evil has established itself by by the 8th game, it's not a zombie game. It's not a zombie franchise anymore. It's a franchise about bioterrorism so these monsters are resulting from biological warfare the most easy thing to have with that is the undead right, right. you know it's the it's the easiest most go to thing that they've had also a big thing that separates resident evil is the fact that nothing freaking dies <laughs> and I, that that's a fun game mechanic until unless i see its head explode or its body melt away i don't believe it's dead so <laughs> i think that that's fun to it but then with the rest, with the other monsters and stuff like that it gets to a point where you know, this, it, it's about something else. Um, Pyramid Head in um, Silent Hill, I, I don't know if he shows up in 1, I know he shows up in Silent Hill 2, but then you have Nemesis in Resident Evil 3. These are two big antagonist monsters, but they're not really the main villain or the main source of the story. They're just a big problem for you as the player. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, I would say that every, you know, the survival horror game genre Transcends zombies, but is definitely most influenced by zombies. I would say I like the survival horror genre more than really anything else when it comes to horror just because i I don't love the helpless feeling that I get in some games, but you know it's still fun right they're all they all have their own value
1: yeah right i I totally agree with that like there's there's definitely some um some new new and exciting directions that you know game studios are taking uh the survival horror. But, you know, like I said, it's all a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it is based on, you know, just this uh, this thought of uh, or this idea of a specific type of enemy that you're just facing waves and waves and waves of. I mean, it's you know, if you think about it, like Resident Evil is like a, a more complicated version of like Super Mario Brothers, where You know, you have like the little Goomba guys, like little mushroom dudes. And it's like, they're easy. You just, you know, jump over them. But then like you have turtles and turtles you have to kill twice. And then you have the flying turtles and you have to hit them three times. And then there's beetles and flying beetles. And then like the little dude, the red dudes with the spikes on their back. And it's like, you can't even kill this one. You have to get firepower. Then you get the hammer brothers. So like there's more and more complicated and complex enemies as you go along. And you know, Resident Evil is like that, but like, you know, toned up to 11. <laughs> it's just it's just insane what you have to deal with. Yeah, it definitely
3: falls under, you know, I'm thinking about all the zombie games I've played, and there's this, they do, a lot of the, the better ones do this good thing about, with the survival horror genre, of letting you feel badass when you are able to slaughter many a zombie, but not devaluing the impact they can have in, like, if they grab you, because like, I'll, I'll take Dying Light because I played that the most. I'm so excited for the, um, Helm, I forget what it's called, the Hellfire DLC or something like that, where you basically, are run, it's the same mechanics, but you run through hell. <laughs> it's very fun. Um, but, you know, like that one and then the Evil Within, the, you never lose the value of an individual enemy attacking you. You just gain firepower enough to have confidence in dealing with them. So they either throw more monsters at you or they throw more complicated monsters at you or a mixture of the two. Right, yeah, And then and the worst is when, you know, you're fighting some big, big boss. You're like, all right, cool. I know what I'm doing against you. Wait, why are there now zombies? I can handle one or the other. Not both. Hold on a minute now. So, you know, I think, I think games have to, the, the ones we keep mentioning are famous for a reason. It's because they're fun while simultaneously being scary and feeding into a genre. Tons of my friends will never play. Yeah. they'll never play a horror game scared (laughs) scared out of their life and to me i'm not nearly as scared of resident evil as i am of say or five nights at Freddy's. right (laughs) they're different games but to me i can you know handle them because i you know consider myself experienced in that genre but they'll never play that they'll never play you could put a gun in their hand they'll never play it my friends (laughs) are great at call of duty zombies will not pick up a resident evil game that's funny. It's wild. That's
2: wicked funny. So, uh, Spence, you and I have had this conversation off uh, off mic, and I wanted to bring this up for both of you. And I'll, Spence, I'll let you go first. The, the immersive quality of playing a zombie game versus watching a zombie movie.
3: To talk a little bit about that. My favorite topic. Uh, <laughs> you know, I am a gamer at heart, right? Like I grew up playing games more than watching movies on my own time. I mean, you grew up in a time where. Movies were more prevalent than video games. Right, just it just was. So that make, so that makes sense to me. But I think there is a big deal with video games specifically of you will have uh, an experience. Games are an experience, not necessarily something to observe. You can close your eyes in a scary movie, and the movie will continue. It right. doesn't pause. You know, you don't have you don't have to like close your eyes. Okay, keep going, and then something is still happening. You can just close your eyes, cover your ears, and you know, you'll be good for the next two minutes. It, in a game, if you close your eyes, you lose. <laughs> you have to look at the thing you're doing. Some games force you to get close to the monster just so you can survive this. Resident Evil 8, I'm gonna go, it's not a zombie game, but I'm going to go back to it, is when you're playing a game that's uh, in a franchise that's built on guns and fighting back to an extent, and they finally give you the option of press F to hide, you, you know there's a problem. <laughs> so I would say that it's a very different experience, and I think horror games are more impactful and definitely a lot scarier than watching a horror movie. You could go to the theater with, you know, on a first date and watch a horror movie, and whether or not you're scared is irrelevant because if you were to go and like, play a scary game with somebody, once you're behind the controller, oh, it's so much worse. <laughs> it's so
1: much worse. It's funny, Pat for me i would say the big difference is the movie is going to play out the way the movie plays out and you have no control over it the game is going to play out exactly as the result of your choices you know if you decide you know i'm going to go left down this hallway and open this door and then you get swarmed by zombies you're like well maybe next time i don't do that you know um that to me is the the big difference like you could play, you know, I, I've played, you know, Resident Evil Village. I've played it so many times. Like, I know what's coming and when it's coming. But certain things still, every time, get me. Again, fuck that baby. Um, <laughs> like, That's that part. Line. Like, knowing what's, what's coming prepares you in one way. But, like, the visceral, visceral reaction of seeing it. Like, Resident Evil 4. I've played that. A million times, like I've unlocked everything, I have super completed a game, and I really, really hope we get a remaster of that one because it's the best. I love it. But like you know, it's like, oh, uh, I'm watching you know Night of the Living Dead again. I know what's coming. I know when it's coming, I know exactly how it's going to happen. right? With right. a video game, like, yeah, there are certain triggers and cutscenes and things that you know when they're going to happen and how it's going to happen but it's not the same playthrough twice like oh i think i can shave a couple minutes off of my time if i just run across this bridge oh and i got eaten by a giant fish monster (laughs) you know like you're not going to play it through like i was playing uh you know resident evil 4 there's a part where your character leon is like looking through binoculars and he sees a guy in a boat and the guy dumps something overboard and then like rows his boat away and something comes up and eats whatever the, the guy dumped off his boat. And you're like, hmm, what the hell is that? And it's <laughs> like, well, you're gonna find out in a few minutes they Chief." Oh, geez. And you, uh, like you can kill fish and use the fish as uh health restorative items.
2: Huh. So
1: I'm standing there on this dock and I'm just like shooting fish. I have tons of ammo because I've played through it a couple of times. So I'm just shooting these fish. You know, because it's a little bit of a challenge, and I'm like, bam, take that fish, bam, take that fish, bam, take that fish, all right, I've got like four fish, I'm going to go grab, holy shit, this giant thing just came out of the water and killed me, because I disturbed (laughs) the water too much. That's funny. Yeah,
3: there are, the best games all have options, in my opinion. You know, when you can bypass one enemy one way... Or, you know, they don't force you to do the same thing and go to the same spots every time. Obviously, it gets hard to do that, right? I mean, it's linear games are linear games, and they're fun for a reason. But, you know, like, I know when Mr. X is going to come get me in Resident Evil 2, that doesn't change the fact that it's Mr. X in who will co- who's going to come terrifying. and pummel me. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I I agree with that, that there's a there's a level of experience that you can do something different. You can go to a different spot on the map and try and out him. You can find the best spot to, you know, run around or, you know, you can, you have to learn the area of the map. You know, I remember playing resident evil two remastered and learning the area of the police station, getting to a point where I'm like, okay, cool. If I go left here, I can, I can go around and get to the place I needed to be and he won't be there anymore in a horror game. I'm sorry. In a horror movie, you're going to watch the character do what the character's going to do. You know that this person's going to die at this time no matter how you slice it up. Right. And there's nothing you can do to change that where at least in some games you can prepare for a certain fight or something like that. You can you have a level of preparation simultaneously you have a level of no idea what's going to happen or if your actions are even going to matter.
1: Right. Right, like I know that there's a boss fight coming up, so let me hoard all my magnum ammo, even if it means using my knife on a couple of like lone zombies, just because I'm going to need this ammo later on, and I can't waste it on these clowns yeah. so I'll use my knife for now, and then I will uh go through and have you know like all right, I have like six six you know explosive rocket rounds and four you know magnum rounds and You know, I've got, like, 30 shotgun shells. I'm like, okay, that should be enough for this. You know, and I've got, like, six grenades, so that should be enough for this particular uh, fight scene. Right, right. And I I think I told you
2: guys um, I recently got kicked out of uh, uh, Laser Tag Place because they frowned upon using a knife to save ammo. Yes. could they? (laughs) So I I just want to throw this one out there as we start to wrap up here. Plants versus
1: Zombies. <laughs> that one's so much fun. I agree. I love that game. It's a mobile game, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, it's so much fun. They did uh, make, I think it was a, a free game on PS Plus within the last couple of months. Because um, I, do, I do the PS Plus and I fucking love it. Because um, you get like two to three free games every month. And, you know, usually the games are like a year old, but it's usually stuff that I wouldn't go out and buy. Like, I think the one that's coming out in a couple days uh, for October is like this, is like a PGA Tour game. And it's like I haven't played a golf game since golf on Nintendo. <laughs> so like I wouldn't go out and buy it, but I'll take it for free. You know, like there's a ton yeah. of games on there that as long as you have PS Plus, like they're yours forever. So, right, right. It's bad. I mean, resident evils on there like there's a ton so Mm. i mean that's me
3: (laughs) yeah i mean i'm the the same way when it comes to games i mean i do um i use xbox and pc stuff so um funny enough the thankfully resident evil is not a playstation exclusive so i actually do get to enjoy that a lot um but plants vs zombies the i think the one you're talking about is garden warfare where it's not just the 2D, you know, you place the plant to shoot the zombie with the pea shooter. You actually, like, are playing as a plant. Right. And you you are, are playing as a zombie, and you have to, like, you know, win your side of the war yeah. kind of deal. And, uh, you know, I think Plants vs. Zombies uh, feeds into the comical side of zombies, right? Like, right. It's, it's silly. It's not meant to be serious. They've got, you know, the football zombie who runs at you. You know, he's got the helmet on, so you got to <laughs> knock the helmet off so you can eventually take him down. But, it's not, you know, it doesn't devalue or ruin anything. It's just, it's part of the zombie genre, but it's not a horror game per se. Right. It doesn't, right it's here. not graphic at all. It's not scary. It's not graphic at yeah. all. Um, some games, I will um, throw out their name drop, the Fallout franchise. They have what are feral ghouls. And in one of the, you know, little notes of the game, they say... They're not zombies. They're just horribly irradiated humans who act like zombies because right. they just they'll they'll <laughs> they are they look undead. They run at you and slash you up and try and take you down. They will run at you in a horde and try and kill you. Um, I myself was you know taking down this small monster to defend my settlement, and I was like, wow, I wonder why they called me here to help me. And I turn around and there's 25 ghouls there, and I was like, wow, that was absolutely terrifying. So these <laughs> zombies exist in other franchises. And they add a layer of like fear and tension to it, but they don't always have to be the defining factor. And you know, sometimes they don't make the difference. They're just another enemy for uh, everybody to throw in or to add a little bit of mythology to, right? And that kind of deal. So, Pat, you mentioned earlier. You brought
2: up um, George Romero's *Night of the Living Dead* and that's you know the the whole point of this uh series within the series is we're talking about things that came sort of in the wake of uh night of the living dead so what do you think pat is um the influence that this film and his uh sequels have had on these games
1: well you know obviously just the whole you know anything with zombies you know just like any fantasy uh creation you know, kind of owes its roots to, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien and, you know, the Lord of the Rings. You know, without that, we don't have Game of Thrones, The Witcher, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, I think when it comes to anything with zombies, Romero, because Romero started giving us like these different variations of zombies. You know, starting in uh, 1985 with Day of the Dead, when he started, when he introduced Bub, the the intelligent zombie, and then suddenly, like, zombies could be more free thinking. Then we have, we got Land of the Dead in 2004, which came out before Resident Evil in 2000, uh, Resident Evil 4 in 2005, um, which kind of gave us even more. More like kind of showing zombies uh, defending themselves and and fighting and, you know, not just being like these brain dead monsters, like there was a spark that was still left in them. Uh, And I think getting to see these different uh, different versions kind of forced people to be more creative. So it wasn't just, you know, let me show you some cool makeup of, you know, the way different zombies have died throughout the years. You know, like, you know, the opening again of Day of the Dead, when you see the zombie come out and like his tongue just kind of like falls out of his mouth because he's missing his lower jaw. Yeah, like, that's a cool shot. And you, know, when you start to see more and more like, oh, there's a cheerleader. There's a a guy who is, you know, in a car accident. You know, he has a broken neck. So like the bone sticking out, but like he's still a zombie. He can walk around getting to see different things, I think, sparked people's creativity and wanted to give us different you know, I mean you could even consider somebody like Jason Voorhees is a zombie. After part six, yeah. Well, I mean, just in general, he keeps getting killed and coming back. Like he's you know, it's a it's the supernatural element of I mean, you know, think of one of the original zombies, you know, Jesus. You know <laughs> There's there's uh there's a long history of you know, he he was a little less bloodthirsty and flesh hungry, but the bible the, the point um the first zombie novel the bible <laughs> yeah well you got lazarus lazarus was dead for three days and jesus brought him back and jesus like you know what i'm gonna do it to myself too how about that sucker? it'll be funny it's like oh you thought you didn't owe me 20 bucks anymore but guess what i'm back I pay up It's my money um but yeah like it's it's that influence you know that It's like, yeah, zombies are these, you know, marauding ghouls. And that's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, now let's come up with some, you know, we're gonna take some of the uh the tropes that Romero came up with. Like, you have to shoot them in the head, you have to burn the bodies, like otherwise they're just gonna keep coming at you. Um, I love that because there are parts in Resident Evil where like you can, you know, use your knife and you slash at a zombie a bunch of times and you know you're like okay you know he falls down he's like ooh, and he falls on the ground and then you're like whoo glad that's over but then he gets up and starts grabbing at you and you have to like yeah. stomp on his head or like stab him in the head or something because you didn't sever the brain and then and then uh the spinal column so it's still coming at you so i love the way that you know they've kind of taken what he started and just really expanded upon it you know kind of like uh, how people have expanded on the the Cthulhu mythos of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Like he came up with the idea, but people were so inspired by it that they've added to it and like become part of it. And right. You know, sort of, you know, like, you know, this is like the direction we thought he might go in if, you know, he was still alive and he was able to just continue writing, you know, this is where the stories come from, you know, and how the stories get passed on to later generations. Like, you know, Romero was able to tell this zombie story in the way that he did because that was the medium that was available to him at the time. Yes, exactly.
3: Mm, yeah, I've, I've seen a, um personally in some of the newer zombie films that have come out, I have seen some inspiration from zombie games. I've seen actually kind of a reversal where they've taken from those because uh, zombie games, because they have to craft completely new worlds and different experiences, they can't just kind of, you know, use the trope of the world ended. This is this survivor's story kind of anymore, because you have to make this game different so it'll sell. Right. You know, it's not just like a movie where people can drop ten dollars and go see a movie. It's you're you're paying sixty dollars for a full game, so you want to get a full game. If you're right. paying sixty dollars for two hours, it's not really all that worth it, now is it? So I've seen some games. Um, Dead Island, Dead Island, Riptide, Dying Light, they're not world-ending situations. Every zombie film that we really have seen up until, you know, I would say five, six years ago has been the world ended, this is how these people reacted. These are the rules of the zombie franchise, this is how these people reacted. Even, for the most part, zombie games, but Resident Evil, the outbreak was like in one mansion, in one city, the world has gone on. In Dying Light and Dead Island, the outbreak was contained to a city, contained to a country or an island, and we haven't really ever gotten to see that in a movie very much, and if we have, then it was like, um, like didn't Diary of the Dead take place on an island or something like no, that? No, Survival of the Dead. Survival of the Dead. So, yeah, after you know maybe the fourth or fifth movie in the franchise takes place on an island, sure, but... A lot of the stuff we see is just the world ended, but we've seen now Army of the Dead from Zack Snyder where it was just Las Vegas that got invaded by zombies. Sure, it might result in the world ending, blah, 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 but we still got the whole idea of this outbreak was successfully contained even though it was creating more of itself, not just a disease that was killing people, but a disease that was creating their own monsters. It was still contained. That's not something we've seen in film since we've got games that have already done that concept right right i mean dying light you play as an outsider who is airlifted into the city to accomplish a specific task and that's exactly what you see in army of the dead is a group of you know outsiders going into the zombie infested area to accomplish a certain task right so i think there's a there's actually going to be more trade-offs that we're going to see in the future because it's it's getting harder and harder to comp- co- to compete with an eight hour zombie game where you know somebody could take their day off of work and enjoy themselves playing a game more than spend fourteen dollars to go you know sit for two hours and <laughs> and watch it watch a story take place when they could be a part of it interesting interesting so to wrap things up here, I just
2: wanted to know where you guys would recommend someone to start if they had never played a zombie game, maybe they just got into zombie films and discovered them and they wanted to now play some
1: games pat where would you recommend they start um i would say depending on the system that you have like if you have like say a playstation 4 i'd say probably start with the remastered versions of resident evil 2 and 3 because you're going to get you know a a much different if you have a playstation one or two start with the the original um because the the stories build upon each other as you progress through the games then you like you get to resident evil 7 and you think it's like some weird outlier until chris redfield shows up at the end mm. <laughs> yeah so i i recommend that just because you get to see the progression of the of the the series you get to see all the different characters and you know how they interact with each other you know because you have chris redfield claire redfield jill valentine who the hell's the other one leon kennedy yeah, Leon Kennedy, Carlos Oliveira. Um, I'm trying to think of everybody you play. That weird kid Steve from Resident Evil Code Veronica. Uh, I think his name was Steve. Uh, I mean, Ethan else. Winters. He's the Ethan
3: newest Winters protagonist. Is, is yeah, it's
1: excellent. Yeah, like even the, the first game where they you know you give you they give you the option of and it's the first game is like so like sexist because like if you play as Jill, like there's a part where you have to play Moonlight Sonata on a piano. And like Jill can play it, but if you're playing as Chris, Chris is too manly to play piano, so he has to get a girl to do it for him. <laughs> and it's like the nurse—I want to see her name was like Becky or something. I don't—I don't remember. Rebecca. Was, Rebecca something. It's—it's uh, it's been a long time. But he's like, oh, I can't play the piano. Do you know how to play the piano? She's like, I'm a girl, of course I do. <laughs> While I'm doing it, would you like a sandwich and a sweater? Like,
2: <laughs> that's hilarious. Spence, where would you recommend someone begin?
3: I would say it depends on what you want to do. If you want to just have this like casual, fun, more action-packed experience, I would actually gear you towards um, something like Call of Duty Dying Light or Dead Island, because those are very much based around the enjoyment of killing zombies in their gameplay.
1: No, I think. Um, you
3: but, one, I think. I think you have to add Dead Rising to that. Like dead. Okay. Yep. Dead Rising and Plants vs Zombies. Those two uh, definitely
1: <laughs> should be I mean, added. If you, if you just want fun killing zombies, Dead Rising is is mm-hmm. is the one for you. Because Yep. You can dead Rising. So many different I would
3: things. Say. Um, but if you want something a bit more narrative based, obviously The Last of Us is probably the pinnacle of narrative based zombie games. But Resident Evil has excellent storytelling. Uh, the Walking Dead Telltale series has excellent storytelling. Um, when it comes to fun, uh, I would say Left for Dead. If you have a bunch of friends, Left for Dead and Back 4 Blood. Back 4 Blood is, like, brand new. It just came out this year. Hmm. So, um, that is one that I really have my eye on. I really want to play. Um, so, it kind of just depends on how you want to go. A lot of them have very different mechanics. Some are like Resident Evil has a good amount of stealth and not, you know, not getting noticed by them immediately and trying to avoid the bigger monsters whereas Call of Duty they're going to come get you anyways, right? <laughs> but so you might as well just pick up a gun and shoot them now before they before they get you. Whereas I think Dead Space kind of combines a nice uh mixture of, you know, killing zombies and getting weapons and stuff like that and upgrading yourself. But simultaneously you're also, you know, in a very very, you know, nightmarish setting. Um The Evil Within is one of my favorite horror games Whoa, ever. So I love good. The Evil Within. And it's it's got The Evil Within I think has a has a great mixture of the Silent Hill surrealism mixed with the zombies of Resident Evil. Hmm. Um so I think I think um The Evil Within is probably the best survival horror game whereas Call of Duty, um Dead Rising and Left 4 Dead have the, have the more action-packed zombie-killing fun aspects. So it depends on how you, on what you want out of it. If you want pure narrative and story, I would go with any of the Walking Dead games or The Last of Us. Right, right.
2: So um, are there any upcoming zombie games that you guys are looking forward to?
1: Um, potentially the, uh, the re-release of, uh, or the remastering of Resident Evil 4. I mean, we've got two and three. So four, logically, would be the next one. Um, I would also say the next Resident Evil, because um, <laughs> Resident Evil Nine obviously is is on its way, and considering how Village ended, um, mm. it definitely is laying the ground. Like not all of them lay the groundwork for sequels. This one definitely does. Huh. Um, uh, I think I think um,
3: Resident Evil Nine's uh, going to be four years at least, personally, because the Resident Evil Eight did just come out. And I'm sure that everybody's relieved that it launched well. Hmm. So I, I, I think that's going to be a little ways out. Um, something that's been announced is the remaster of the first Dead Space. That I'm excited for with some, you know, 60 FPS, 1080p, personally. Um, as well as, I don't know much about the next Call of Duty and it's zombies. I say play World at War, play Black Ops 1 and Black Ops 2. Back for Blood did, I think, I think it just came out recently, um, and that's you know a very hack and slash shoot shoot 'em up style zombie game, which is a lot of fun. And the biggest one that I know of is definitely coming out is at the end of this year. Uh, we have been waiting for Dying Light Two. Hmm. Now, Dying Light One came out in 2015, and it had a few major DLC releases. But we've been waiting for this second game for at least like four years now. So they've and they released some gameplay of it a year or two ago with no release date. So it was only a few months ago that they finally announced, "Hey, we're actually going to drop this thing in December." Oh wow. So I'm I'm that's really what I'm waiting for is and the big thing with Dying Light I'm going to rave about it is the parkour. It's oh. very much a it's got free running mechanics where you hold down this button and it kind of activates your free running mode and you know, you you're, you're leaping over things and leaping up buildings and climbing up them like Assassin's Creed and oh, stuff wow. like that. So that was a, that's a lot of fun mixed yeah, yeah. with the melee combat of zombies. And some of the um fighting styles you can have in the first game are hilarious. I'm gonna name drop the dropkick because <laughs> it's hilarious to dropkick a zombie from way off a building and just watch it fall. That's funny. So uh that's the so the sequel to that is something I'm super excited about, um, as well as back four blood. I did play the um the pre-release um beta version of back four blood, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and stuff like that. So that those are the big ones that I'm up to. And uh, yes, Resident Evil Four Remaster, I am also looking for, but uh, I haven't heard anything on it in recent months, so I'm not holding my breath for it personally. Right, right.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
2: Personally, I would love to see a, a Marvel Zombies game. That would be fun.
1: That Ooh. I would not be surprised to see uh, coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marvel
3: just released the um, or they announced uh, at least I should say the um, they have this new strategy game. I think it's I forget what it's called. Um, But you play as a bunch of different characters, like Ghost Rider and um, uh, Doctor Strange and Wolverine and stuff like that. And it's basically magic. It's the magic side of the Marvel Universe, and it's a strategy game. So I think that if they were to try and delve into the horror genre with Marvel zombies, because I read that comic. Oh, yeah. That was brutal.
2: And there's a What If episode, which I haven't watched yet, because... I really want to see it, and I've been—I've only been able to watch them infrequently, so I'm kind of watching them in order to save it to savor it until I get to it, you know. Hmm. But um, yeah, that would—that would be—that would, be, would make me almost consider getting, you know, one of the newer game systems just to play that.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, I kind of um, want a PS Five still, but as you know, <laughs> considering that you know, I have zero time to play video games these days. Yeah, I know. Like. <laughs> I'm barely, you know, I'm lucky I'm I'm able to talk about them for as long as I have.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, well, thanks a lot, guys, for joining me in this episode, and I hope that uh, people at home, you know, really learned about these zombie video games. If you didn't know anything about them, or if you did, you know, we'd love to hear your opinions as well. So that's it for this episode, and uh, join us again for the next one. Okay, folks, thanks for joining us today for our special 2021 13 Days of Hallowtober series where we focus on modern zombie films. Today's episode, of course, was about zombie video games. You can send your feedback to thenisnow42 at gmail.com. You can also join in the conversation at our Facebook Then Is Now podcast group.
1: And you can find me uh, you know, here occasionally with uh, Rigor, and you can also find me uh, on Throwdown Thursday which is available on all streaming platforms, you know, Spotify and, uh, and Google Play and iTunes, all that good stuff. Uh, but you can also join in our conversations on the Throwdown Thursday Facebook group. And if you have any characters you want to suggest or talk about some of the characters that we've discussed, uh, you can also reach us at throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail.com. And you can check out com for all uh, our latest articles and updates and, and newest episodes. Awesome. But, awesome. And I was going to say, uh, then is now is a proud member of the Dorkening Podcast Network, as is Throwdown Thursday. Uh, so be sure to check out uh, this and other great shows at the Dorkening Podcast uh, You can also visit our website at havenpodcast.com. where you'll find our sister show, The East, East Meets the West, in which uh, Rigor and I discuss, discuss Shaw Brothers films and spaghetti Western movies paired together. And uh Rigor, you got anything else you want to add?
2: Yep, yep. I just want to mention that then is now is on YouTube, so please visit youtube.com slash user slash uncle Death One to get the latest videos as well as other fun videos. Please subscribe to our YouTube page and uh, don't forget to hit that little bell there so you'll get notifications when we have new videos out. And also share the video versions of our podcast as well as our other videos with your friends and get them to subscribe as well. Don't forget to go wherever you download your podcast from and leave us a great review so more listeners can find us. You can find us on all the podcasting apps, especially the Big Three, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And I did forget to mention that um, when Pat talked about our website, you can go there. Please click on the T Public link or the, uh, the Patreon link and check out what's going on there and help support the show. Class is officially dismissed.
0: This now podcast is intended for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips play during this podcast are the property of their copyright holders. All original content is copyright Jupiter Media.